Hello. Hello, darling. Why, hello, darling. Why, hello, darling. No. That was my. No. My. Uh, no. Not. No. No. You, no. Carol, you, you, Carol Channing. No. No, Carol Channing. Okay. No, I know <laughs> Carol Channing. Well, I don't. Well, is she dead? She's alive, amazingly enough. Brenda. And I'm Dusty, and this is I'm Afraid to Ask, where each week we ask one another simple questions and big questions. She's 54. He's 32. And after 10 years of friendship, we have so much to learn from each other. Through nuance, insight, laughter, and tears. So what are we going to learn this week? <laughs> oh no, Dusty. I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> so um, I think we should start this week off with um, some lightning round flash questions, because fun fact the symbol of lightning is how the question mark originated. Is that some like ancient Greek thing? Yeah, like Bluetooth. What? Yeah, no. Bluetooth is like Vikings. It is? Ugh. Okay, put this on your list. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm kind of nervous, but I think I'm ready. Okay, you ready? This one's going to be easy. Okay. Boxers or briefs? Boxers. You mean, I don't wear them. <laughs> and also, you've just limited the world to that there's only boxers and briefs. You do realize there are jack straps and... Don't do that. Don't do that. Ronks. No. Oh, gosh, I don't even know what that is. And I am not asking. Okay. Um, <gasps> you, don't know, you don't know what, what is. The second thing you said. <laughs> trunks yeah it's like boxer brief but cuter <laughs> okay go to the next question <laughs> this is not very lightning this is okay keep going I know, well we have to add yeah it's quick questions okay so next question Adele or Beyonce both it's a lightning question <laughs> and then you have to pick one <laughs> Um, just to like listen, can, can I ask clarification? <laughs> it's like just to listen to their music. What am I doing? Am I dancing? I, I asked a simple question. Okay, Adele, Adele, I'm sorry, Beyonce. Okay, I had to There's, pick. Oh, this is painful. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, go with Adele yeah, Beyonce's listening and they're gonna come after you. Okay, keep going. Uh, Walmart or Target? Target. Yeah, I knew the answer to that. Um, French fries or curly fries? French fries. What kind of French fries? Like, who do you go to for French fries? The best French fries in the world are McDonald's. Don't judge me. I'm not because it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things of like, I have to resist it. The other thing I have to really resist is like Chick-fil-A waffle fries because I'm not allowed to shop there. <sighs> because of their They hate the gays. I don't care who hears that. They do. I don't care what they're like. Oh, well, we like uh, had a parade. Yeah, you still donated. To, don't get me started. Okay, triggered. It's, um, it's their pleasure. Okay, keep going. That <laughs> it is so delicious. Why do they have to be so hateful? Um, <laughs> apples or bananas? Oh, I just started singing in my head. I like to eat. Eat, yeah, eat yep. apples and bananas. No, not and. Which one? Um, bananas. Why? 
I can't see your face, but I can't imagine this hamster wheel turning in your head of why you chose bananas instead of apples. All I know is that was like your evil laugh. <laughs> it's always an evil laugh. Yeah, it's like you have this And also because you chose bananas. Why did you choose bananas? Um, well, they're easy to peel. <laughs> <laughs> and he just snorted and they're they're not crunchy. I see everything gets crunchy. I I just like bananas better. I'm moving on. What's the next question? Nachos or burritos? Oh. These are so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't know between nachos and you have to, you're on the island, you get one thing in the shipment, is it nachos or burritos? And yes, we know it's all the same ingredients made in a different way. But, but what's on the nachos? No. <laughs> Nacho or burrito? Okay, I'll take a burrito. <laughs> is this with the crunchy thing again? No. <laughs> With that lightning flash round to questions, um, let's move on to the next uh, segment, which is the big Q. So what's the big Q of this week? I'm afraid to think that I'm creative. It's just not a label I would ever, ever put on myself. You don't like That's, that word. It's a hard word. I, okay. I don't. I don't okay. so it, I'll go into it now, too. I was just going to say it's like a, it's a word, a label, it's a whatever that I refuse, it's a hat I refuse to put on. I'm never going to wear a hat that says creative. So I'll tell you my problems with the word creative. One, uh, growing up gay in the South, everybody was always like, oh, well, he's just creative. Or, oh, he's theatrical. Um, And creative is like, now it's blended with like the whole like, Pinterest and Etsy world of things. It's like just because you bought something at a garage sale and hot glued it together and painted it with glitter doesn't make it creative. Uh, you know, creating something, and you and I have both done things that like we've created things that we had no idea would come into fruition. And when you see it, that's just a really incredible moment to see something that was just a thought like you had on like, um, well, for me, like I sketched this on a napkin at a bar and somebody built it, you know? Like it, and of course there's overseeing the whole process of that, that creation, but creativity, I just don't think it's someone that's like, oh, there's like, cause I say that and it's like, no, I haven't made anything in a long time. Although, this is a side note, I am designer by profession. <laughs> um, I, just, I just don't like it. I think there's a lot of negative, negative connotations with it. It's the same way of like how nobody wants to say they're an artist. Mm. Because a real artist won't say, I'm an artist. They will actually say like, oh, I create things. Um, so create, creative, I think, has a lot of uh, connotations with, um, you know, home crafty projects or ooh, you painted your wall seafoam green instead of makeup beige. Uh, 
you know, it's okay. um, but very dusty. I consider that creative. It's so interesting. It's like because even if you give me glitter and whatever and you tell me to sit down and do something and you sat down beside me and did it, I'm going to guarantee you yours is going to look a whole lot better than mine because mm -hmm. I just don't think I'm creative. Okay. Let me do a, let me do a side thing here. Um Let's talk about Robert Fulgham's All I Really Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten for just a second. Are you familiar with that? I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it, to be honest. Okay. So I read it and performed it twice. Um, my favorite thing, that's how it starts out, is ask a room full of kindergartners who can sing. All the kids are going to start singing. Ask the room full of kindergartners who can paint and draw. All of them are going to join in. Um, then you go to like high school and you ask the same group of kids and there's silence. Like there's someone like, well, I like to draw sometimes. And there's others like, maybe I sing in the shower, maybe I'm in the choir, you know? And then when you get to adulthood, past college, you ask like, well, who likes to draw and paint or sing? And they're like, yeah, I gotta go. I got it. It's not, no, 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 no. I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not that good. I'm not that talented. I can't do that. And I will say, very bluntly, that's bullshit. Anybody can do it. It's all a skill, a trait. You just have to have the passion to do it, to refine that skill and do it. Have you read Big Magic? No. Um, by Elizabeth Gilbert. She has this great thing that she says. It's exactly what you just said, which is, this is a quote from Big Magic. A simple and generous rule of life is whatever you practice, you will improve at. Absolutely. It's like, it's like and a simple and generous rule. But here's the thing, Dustin, we gotta back up because I I just totally disagree that the Pinterest and Etsy world isn't creative. I think it's artsy. Ooh, what's the difference art <laughs> i had a teacher in high school that she said uh we're going to the arts and crafts fair <laughs> <laughs> don't say that that seems so judgmental again because it i i just don't understand how you're defining it well and yeah you are catching me myself of going i mean it's one of those things it's all subjective like what is art but i mean it's like <laughs> what i call yeah, i won't Call out Etsy. Welcome, <laughs> like there's. <laughs> I kind of am. And you already did. I did. Um, it's like <laughs> there was a really funny joke on a TV show I saw recently where this woman said, "Oh yeah, I have an Etsy store. I go to garage sales and buy stuff really cheap, and then I <laughs> like clean it up and sell it to rich people for a shitload of money <laughs> because they love it." But that's that's. Being creative. So, okay, so by your definition, that's being creative. So, by your definition, I think you've just proved my point that I am not an artist and I'm not creative. No. I don't, no. I don't understand. No, Brenda, you are. I don't understand the difference. No, there's a difference because you aren't taking something else and manipulating it. You are finding things in like photography and uh, insert 
she did a documentary <laughs> um and you've written music that you have had your own original thoughts it's not like taking somebody else's and manipulating it like you see on some buzzfeed or pinterest article there's a difference hmm. okay so you have original thoughts well well oh gosh Desi, that's not well i just it is true. Not, there's not much that is original, but um, <laughs> but here's I mean, <clears throat> here's the 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 thing. And I will tell you, Elizabeth Gilbert also says that if you're alive, you're a creative person. But that's what it was. Oh, that's what, what I was saying earlier with the Robert Fulgham thing of like, yeah, you are if you, you just don't deny it. Well, here's the thing. Okay, let me tell you why I struggle with it and the whole concept. And this is why I think it matters for me is again with Elizabeth Gilbert. I really like that book, big magic, (laughs) but she says that, that if she's not actively creating something, then she's probably actively destroying something. So my family realized this about me, my immediate family before I did, but it's like, if I'm not actively creating something, like working on a musical or mm-hmm. a music director in a theater or doing a documentary or doing a photography exhibit or doing something. If I don't have something I'm creating, it, it's like, then I'm probably, I'm probably destroying something personally in my life. Not, I don't, that sounds kind of dramatic. I don't mean it that dramatically, but I'm definitely not at my best. So I have this yearning, this, I mean, this just longing to create stuff, but well, there, there's two reasons. One is I have a very successful creative brother Mm -hmm. and the other one is I have two constant companions that are kind of like imaginary, but they're not friends and they're called compare and despair. Like, Mm -hmm they hang out with me whenever I try to create something. So like if you were sitting there doing something and I was doing something, it wouldn't just be me. You wouldn't see my imaginary friends compare and despair. And the minute I looked over and I started comparing my work with yours, I'd start despairing. <laughs> Cause whenever you compare, okay. so you this, despair. This transition to something I've really been wanting to talk about with you. So I took a summer class from this great professor in Fort Smith. And it, it was incredible to me, incredible to me within a couple months of like, he, we drew a, like a still life drawing the first day and he took all those drawings and hid them away until the end of the summer class. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the summer class, he brought those back out and showed them to compare the work that we had done of learning how to draw, which is like, you're not drawing a bowl, you're drawing shapes and shadows. Right. That's how you look at it. You aren't drawing an object. And to me, it was incredible. Like, oh, anybody can learn this if you just practice. So that fall, I took human figure drawing. Oh. Yeah. Were they naked? No. (laughs) That was... Can I just tell you real quick before you continue with that story? My 
brother, the artist, um, he would take from the, once he got to where he could drive, even though we lived, you know, out in the sticks, he would drive into Little Rock and go to, I think it was like the art center and take art classes. And he took one that was like human anatomy and he, he was coming home with all these nude um, paintings. <laughs> and one time it, my, my mom was appalled by these things. And even though a woman does, well, even though Glenn would spend, you know, the, he would lose probably 15 minutes of the drawing class because he was moving his chair around trying to find the least offensive angle. So that he could take that home. He probably never learned how to overtly draw certain body parts till he went to um, school because he was always drawing the back of them, trying, or trying to get something. And so, but my, my mom, it, it was like the um, preacher was coming to visit. You know, they would just drop in. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> when the preacher comes in, they just knock on the door. They just show up. Yeah, and, preacher, and you're like, quick, get out the family Bible, put it on the coffee table. The, the big you're giant. Put on your crucifix. <laughs> the big giant family Bible that's supposed to have your whole family tree yeah. written out in the front of it. Yeah, and it's like on this big. This thing is massive, but uh, we didn't have one of those. But Glenn had well, to. Show my mother me. always had the Ten Commandments hanging up on the wall, just in case. <laughs> well, Glenn had to shove any nude paintings in the closet because she was scared to death. The preacher would just pop in and why he's back in the bedrooms or wherever these things are shoved. I do not know. That's a whole other conversation, I guess. Yeah, it's very Gestapo investigation. <laughs> yeah, the preacher never did that, but poor Glenn had to put his need. We had to shove him in the closet to be sure the preacher never Again, being the Baptist kid, oh, it's kind of awkward. I'm drawing. But they're clothed, right? Yeah, I mean, it was covering up the important parts, but it's still like <laughs> weird uh, at, at, at the beginning. So anyway, halfway through the semester, uh, my professor, and he was great, and he had all these great sayings that I have to tell you, which is like he would critique your work, and he would, my favorite is he would go, well, this drawing is like, you're a magician and you're trying to pull a rabbit out of a hat, but that's a sock and that rabbit ain't coming out. What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know, but it, I, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I not, it's 10 years ago. I remember it. Um, Compare and despair would be freaked out if someone said that to me. Yeah, but he was really kind of like, so here's where you go. Like, this is what freaked you out. And I think this is a very important lesson for creativity. So I was in this class and it was a four hour class. You had four hours to draw one giant charcoal drawing, like a 40 by 30 drawing. Wow. Um, That's so, huge. Yeah. So I'd been there for a while and um, he, came, he would always go by and check on everybody and, you know, and like, check your technique, see what you're doing and help you out. He didn't just like throw in the water. So he came to my horse. Do you know what a horse is? No. Wait, a dry, well, a dry wait horse. I can't, I, I, it's like, hey, like that. Like a, no, no, no. So a drawing horse wait, is a. Could you please acknowledge that that was an awesome horse, Winnie. <laughs> do it again. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Wee. 
Moving. Uh, <laughs> yay. The, he, the horse says. <laughs> um, okay. He came to your horse. What is a horse? Is it like a drawing horse? Is a bench that oh. you straddle, and it has like a board that goes up in front that you lean your drawings on. I've seen those on. TV. Yeah. So you straddle that, and that's how you draw. So I'm. He comes to my horse, and uh, he looks at it, and. I mean, Brenda, you would love, like, this is like an old, bald hippie with very long hair. You know how that works. Um, <laughs> yeah. Brilliant, brilliant man. And uh, he was looking, he said, so, Dustin, what's going on here? Like, he called you Dustin? Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, I'm just trying to get it. All right. Can I call you Dustin from now on? No. Okay. All right. Go on. It's not a thing. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, no, you've known me as Jesse forever. Don't change it. So, um, so he looked at my drawing and he said, so what's going on here? And I said, well, I'm trying to figure out how to like get this line right on this arm. And I've been drawing for two hours in a four hour class. And I said, I just can't get the shape of that leg right. And this, whatever, like, I'm just really having trouble with this. And he goes, hmm. He said, let me look at it. I said, okay. And he took the page, Brenda, it's the size of a newspaper. Yeah, no, yeah, 30 by 40. Ripped it off the tablet, crumbled it up, threw it across the room, and said, try again. Did he do that to anybody else? No. And then, yeah, you're comparing despair. I was like, Oh, holy shit, I gotta I, I gotta draw as quick as Lee as it because it's due today. I've gotta go as quick as it was like and he was right. It was a sh- shitty drawing based on what my progress had been. So an hour and a half later, like I was just sketching for my life with charcoal on the on the paper. And he came back around and because I'd stopped focusing on is it a leg and the arm I was just doing shade shadow lines, like what am I saying? And he came back around and routinely, and then he looked over my shoulder and he said, whoa, you are smoking. That's probably the best thing you've done all semester. Hmm. Because I had a moment and I stand by this and it helped me get through design school. The shock for anyone to have your professor after two hours just tear it up and throw it across the rim mm-hmm. wasn't personal what I was doing on that paper was what I was doing on paper it wasn't me he wasn't saying I was awful he was saying what I was doing was not my best and could be better and then because of that I started over and made the best thing possible because this is my mantra I am not that piece of paper. And I told this a lot to students in design school whenever they would have to present their design. You get critiqued and they would be heartbroken because they took it personally. And me, I go, oh, you're not talking about me. You're talking about what I put up here in front of you. And you're giving me good information of what I need to fix. I'm not going to be offended or cry about it. And that's what's gotten me through the last four years in New York of like, oh, you don't like that? Then what do you want me to do? And I can improve it. 
because it's not me. You're not that piece of paper. So whenever you, it's like, we have this thing of like the childhood thing of like, oh, I, I painted this or I drew it at school, put it on the fridge. Like, well, you know, sometimes it doesn't deserve to be on the fridge. Um, um, so I just think that's very important with your compare and despair of like, don't. Well, the only person you should compare yourself to is yourself. Well, I totally agree. I think I'm a super late bloomer. And, um, and it's like with, photography I've always wanted to do photography I always thought I was Annie Leibowitz um with better hair I hope her hair is sitting, <laughs> starting to really worry me <laughs> Annie I'm worried about your hair um but because she's like, listening I think she's listening along with Beyonce yeah we'll get her to be I guess yeah, yeah her. exactly but um yeah so but I, I wanted to do that but in I got not a great camera or anything, but I, and back then it was film in my twenties, it was film. And if you got a 35 millimeter, it was very complicated compared to the way it is now. And I tried to do photography, but there was someone involved in my life. Let's just say my first husband that just told me how awful it was. And so I just said, I just put it down and then, you know, I didn't pick it up until, um, uh, late forties. Question. <laughs> late forties. I picked Question. up Question. Did he have, did he have any experience or expertise in photography? Uh, no, no. What was it you said? Sometimes they're just being an asshole. Did you I'm going to use my, yep. I'm going to use my PG-13. Fuck him. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> no, I'm showing you how impressionable I was. Well, I know that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Any tiny little bit of negative reinforcement. But yeah, just so when I got my first quote, real camera, um, I was in my 40s and Dusty, of course, it's digital and all that stuff. I took 500 pictures in the first day. And I didn't get it it till late in the afternoon. I just came alive. But then even as I started doing photography there for a while, I kind of shrunk back. But I had a, a, a teacher at Bedford's, Larry, that just was so kind and honest and gave me the ability to put compare and despair, which I still did in the class some, but to put compare and despair you know, I'd like to get rid of them all together, but I don't know how to get rid of them all together. But um, I'm not a violent person. Mm. I don't know how to basically. No, 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 no. It's um, compare and despair are fine to have around <laughs> because that puts yourself in check, but they shouldn't be driving. They need to be in the back seat, not in the front seat. Exactly. When I went to that watercolor class, I, I was doing fine. I was having a good time. And then I was taking photos and I was going around taking photos of other people's work because one way that's how I was distracting myself from feeling uncomfortable that I was at a watercolor class. And I would said, I had told the teacher, well, I'll do you some photos. And the minute I got up and started taking photos, I wrote about this in my blog. And the minute I started doing that, Compare and Despair showed up. And I got back, when I got back in my seat, you know, 
it's like they were in the driver's seat and I painted the most hideous uh, picture. It was like a, uh, it was an amoeba. It, it, <laughs> it started out as a shape and then it started morphing and then I put tentacles on it. I don't know what happened. I mean, you can see, I'll have to send you the picture. It's on my blog, but it was like definitely an amoeba. I had lost my way. Um, and until I got him out of the driver's seat and it all happened because then we, we moved on to pine trees and I love pine trees. And all of a sudden, you know, miracle upon miracle, I painted a pine tree and but yeah, it's interesting. And I think it, it just shows different personality types, but yeah, even, even it compare and despair, just hang out with me. And they, whenever I try to be quote creative, you know, but um, yeah. Well, and that ties back around where we started, like I'm trying to think this, like everybody does create, whether it is, Numbers making a spreadsheet, you know, uh, we're all creating something, but we shouldn't be afraid to create something that's out of our usual thing. Like you. So what, you're, so what you're saying is, I shouldn't. I should have nude paintings in my closet so that when the preacher comes, and then when he comes, I should just get them out and just like go, "Yeah, this is me." Yeah, my mother has them hanging in her home now. I'm going to hell. Here's my nude paintings. But I don't have nude paintings. And I like painting flowers, um, which are always... I made some nude paintings for you. I just got to find some models. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brenda. So now I think it's time to go for one of my favorite segments, uh, which is, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. That is so sarcastic. <laughs> it's, it's one of the, like, I didn't ask you, but please tell me. So what's on your mind that I didn't ask about that you want to tell me about? <laughs> I would never say that to anybody, but okay. I mean, I'll tell you this, but you have to be nice. <laughs> you made me sound like such a shady bitch, but okay. <laughs> you said it. I didn't. Here, I know. Okay. All right. All right. I was, I was sick last week and. Oh yes. You were like deathbed, like Melanie and gone with a wind. I am not Melanie and gone with it. I do not want to be Melanie mm. and gone Please with the wind. Please kind <laughs> Mr. Rat. Be good to him. I do not want to be Melanie and God with Ben. I was very sick. So I actually binge watched the new season of season four of um, Frankie and Grace. Yes. Or is it Grace and Frankie? Grace and Frankie. Oh, I don't know why I got that wrong. But anyway, so, you know, I don't want to be Grace. I want to be Frankie. And <laughs> to prove that I'm Frankie. All right. When I was in high school and <laughs> I did talent shows. I would do um, Lily Tomlin's Edith Ann. Please explain that to our audience. Do you even know what that is? I think so, but please explain it to our well, audience. <laughs> well, Lily Tomlin plays Gracie, 
and I mean, not Gracie, but Frankie. Frankie. <laughs> Frankie. Get and, it together. All right. When she, all right. She's been around forever and she's an incredible comedian. And one ringy dingy. Yeah, exactly. And she, you're too young to know this. And she would do, um, she played a small child named Edith Ann. And she would like sit on the floor, like cross-legged or the edge of the stage with one leg. And she would like move like a child and she would talk like a child. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, you said you did this for a talent show in front of multiple people. I have to hear this. Well, I did it in a cafetorium. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. You back. know. <laughs> <laughs> that word triggered me of you and I have <laughs> directed and produced a few cafetorium productions. Uh, there is, listen, a well laid out cafetorium. There's nothing like watching a production <laughs> and hearing, you know, and with that smell of leftover French fries in the air. <laughs> I mean, and maybe a stray hairnet on the floor. There's nothing like a good cafetorium. But I would sit on the edge of the seat and I did my hand. <laughs> so that proves which I am not doing, that I am, doesn't that mean that I'm like her? I'm Frankie? Oh, for the love of the, that's a, <laughs> Brenda, when you start storing weed in the freezer, then we can call you a Frankie, all right? <laughs> it's like, I am Frankie. Okay, well, that's my, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. I, yeah, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. So there we go. Um, so I think it's time to say goodbye. Debbie. No, I was going to tell you my quick one, which is oh, whatever uh, do I, okay. I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me. What do you want to tell me? Oh, talk about sarcasm. Okay. So you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you, um, I got to see this lovely, that's been the highlight of my week and actually a couple months because I don't ever do things socially. Um, I went to the Morgan Library Museum and I saw one Morgan Stanley's library, which included like a Gutenberg Bible um, and all these gorgeous books and like Beauty and the Beast style. Like, where's the ladder? I wanted to slide around and look at all these books. Um, but there was a great exhibit on Peter Hujar, who is a great photographer of course, you know, victim of the AIDS crisis in the 80s, or the HIV AIDS crisis, I should say. Um, and he was good friends with Fran Lebowitz. And if you don't know who Fran Lebowitz is, look her up. I love her. Um, and then the other part of the exhibit was um, dedicated to Tennessee Williams. And I got to, like, stand next to, like, one of Tennessee Williams typewriters and see a lot of his handwritten notes for a lot of his shows and things. And it was just really nice to kind of walk down that memory lane with a friend from mine from my gay book club where my gay book club, I'm the only one that doesn't have an AARP membership. Well, Jesse, I didn't ask, but thanks for telling me all that. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> thanks for not asking. Um, so now I think it is time. Time for us to sign yeah. off. You tell me I could not say from the hills of Northwest Arkansas anymore. Never. But Hugh Jackman was just here because Walmart had their a little meeting yesterday morning and Hugh Jackman popped in. Um, so I didn't and get to see him. Pick it out on a map. Wait, I've got. Okay, so from the hills of Northwest Arkansas where Hugh Jackman just pops in. Oh, man, I should have picked Walmart instead of Target. 
This has been I'm Afraid to Ask, co-hosted by Dusty Westfall and Brenda Yelvington. Random noises within the podcast provided by Onyx, Dusty's dog. Edited by Brenda. Theme music by Brenda and performed by me, the podcast intern. Find them on Instagram at I'm Afraid to Ask.